Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Happy, Hello. extremely freezing uh, winter morning to everybody. <laughs> oh, oh yes, we are. Um, you know, the worst thing about this time of year is you know it's going to get colder. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, damn you. Oh, it's the worst. I keep forgetting that, like, December is not actually winter. Like, I, I keep no. thinking that, like, oh, we're almost halfway through. We're totally not. Like, we're totally yeah. not. <gasps> I know. I know. I can't think about that. I just think there's some, I don't know, something bright is going to happen in the future. That's what I'm clinging on to. Yeah. And I was with a friend, a new friend, actually, uh, who's quite lovely uh, two days ago. And she was describing, so January, I tend to kind of slide through and I tend to sort Mm. of just, it's sort of like the thing you have to get through to something better. But she was mentioning there's a lot of poetry, including stuff that she's written about the color of the sky in January, which is this piercing blue like that gray blue um and as a result of being in the northern where i'm sitting <laughs> oh yeah okay so it's probably raining where you are okay got it yeah um, oh man okay so if the sun ever comes out in jersey then you would see that it's a piercing blue sky yeah yeah, yeah. we have had some blue sky but we've also had a lot of gray <laughs> oh gosh is it still raining over there um not today but um the second that we um stopped last week recording and i was going for a lovely walk yeah. it started to rain again so yeah. oh no in true style oh, but it's all right. all right i'm sure there's brighter weather on the way i think so yeah mm. absolutely. so how yeah. has your january been marching forward uh yeah not bad actually i kind of feel like we're kind of midway through and things feel quite optimistic. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to keep yeah. that coming into the weekend. <laughs> I need some optimism. <laughs> Get my butt slammed at work. So hopefully going to keep that optimism. Yeah. Just remember you're more than capable. You're equipped for this and you're good to go. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. So what's going on at the Relationship Desk of Love? So... On the love desk this week, mm-hmm. I read an article about a rise in um, in couples who are below 30 going to see therapists to seek support. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting. So it said that millions of millennials um, are seeking professional support and see it as quite a fundamental to their mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at um, Gen Z around 37% of um, of them have been to see therapists mm-hmm. and out of millennials, 35%. So it said that for the, those groups of people, like seeing therapists was more of a kind of maintenance as mm-hmm. opposed to a crisis. Mm-hmm. So the sort is kind of a real fundamental part of their, um, their maintenance to keep their health and well-being mm-hmm. in an optimal position. Mm-hmm. And they see it as more of a kind of self-development self-improvement um as opposed to only going when it when it becomes kind of a crisis Mm. as we'd see in some of the um the other generations Mm. and um and one other interesting stat in the article so it said that relate who are a uk um counseling based organization that see people who have got marital difficulties they saw a 30 percent increase in clients under the age of 40 Mm. Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm so oh, there huge. you go. 
Huge, we were huge. um we were chatting briefly before we came on air about therapists and counsellors and coaches and how all the different um, modalities work and yeah. um and uh, you know essentially all of them are talking therapies to be able to improve um people's well-being and like from a holistic point of view their kind of life in terms of taking the right steps forward yeah. to solve problems and challenges so you know, I guess when you take, when you play that out, why wouldn't you do it as part of a more maintenance or a proactive approach mm. to, um, to getting the life that you want rather than wait until you haven't got the life that you <laughs> don't want and then do something about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And mm. I, and there's unique stressors. Like I, I think that there, I mean, where I, where I sit as a coach and a, and a family physician, I do have to say like, it is maintenance, but there's a lot of people who are hitting crisis before 40, which is, mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, wow, such, it's a, I think it's a, uh, a product of how much more stressful our lives are, how much more, mm. how much less resources we have, how much less stability we have, and then how much more there is that looks to be out there. So we're both, we're, we're dealing with less, but we also see there's more out there. And I think that's really, um, so a lot of folks are struggling with intimacy. They're hitting an intimacy block. A lot of folks are, Mm. Not sure how to juggle. So folks who are trying to raise kids, especially in a pandemic, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're hitting major issues like in their early to mid thirties. Mm. Um, and so the reasons why they came together, perhaps in their mid twenties, they don't remember what those were anymore. They've really yeah. lost touch of why they're together. And so. Yeah. And I think that's, that's common across, uh, across all ages, isn't it? I, yeah. I mean, I see that time and time again, where people really start to question what, what's this relationship all about? Why are we even together? Yeah. Why did we, you know, why did we fall in love in the first place? It's a, it's yeah. a common part of that relationship breakdown. Um, but I guess it's more encouraging that people are then going to seek help. So the, I think the stat is something like the average people wait six years before they seek any sort of professional support for marital issues or relationship issues. And so if we're seeing a shift in that in the younger generation, I see that as a real positive thing because nobody wants to be miserable for six years before you do anything about it. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, anecdotally, not in a scientific way, but I would say that people who ha are seeking help much shorter, I would say probably nine months to a year um, mm. is where folks are starting to say like, we need, we need help. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and maybe thanks to social media, like there it's, well, and social media is like has so many evils because it really does portray that everybody else is living their best life and like you're the solitary like <laughs> chump who's just sitting there yeah. um unhappy with their marriage but but um and that's not true um but i think that there's just so much out there that people are like i really do feel like i could be living uh more powerfully uh mm. sort of more in the driver's seat so there's just yeah, and and that feeling of like suffering for what? Like, why are we yeah. suffering? And I think you know that's what they touched upon in the article was about um, <clears throat> there's less shame or stigma in going to see a therapist, and it tends to be happening on a on a personal level. So you're going for one to one, but then there's a natural progression. Then if I'm going to see a therapist myself, mm. and I'm discussing or a counselor or whoever, coach, whatever, I'm going to discuss my challenges. Why would I not do that for my relationship? So there's a natural kind of progression because that stigma or that shame isn't attached to the fact that actually I'm not okay right now and I need some support yeah oh yeah so totally. yeah yeah and I mean as a result so as as a in my clinical role when I'm meeting patients like no one can find a therapist right now like no one yeah 
and it's funny, like, and I, you and I are coaches and we get a lot of inquiries like, oh, I need a therapist. And we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so you're needing help. You're needing clarity. You need to take positive action. So yeah. here's how coaching might help. And oftentimes, just like you mentioned, is like coaching and therapy in many instances are, um, it can be sort of equally helpful from slightly different directions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Lean in. And the other thing, so... Um, I tell folks, so a lot of folks have benefits. Now, the problem with benefits is that it really is a two-tier private system, healthcare system in my mind. So it means that only people who have a job can access therapy. So I, Mm. that totally sucks. I wish in Canada or in, in Ontario that therapy was covered by our provincial healthcare plan, but it's not. And that's a huge lobbying point, but, but, uh, as it stands, if somebody does have benefits and they're not using their therapy benefits, I tell people like that's your salary on the table that you're not taking. Use mm. your benefits. Yeah. Use your therapy. Like max it out every you max out your therapy, your your physiotherapy and your massage therapy. Yeah. Um, every and your orthotics. <laughs> Get your custom orthotics. Um, but that's salary on the table that you should be using. So that's that's why I tell folks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. So 2022. Yeah. The year of not suffering alone. Exactly. (laughs) There's no need to. No, exactly. Nice. All right. (laughs) Should we do a hot topic? Yeah. It's getting spicy. Let's go. Okay. Today's hot topic is getting respect in your relationship when it's not there. Mm, 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 mm. so how many times does this come up (laughs) and i love it and yeah and this is a great you know how we always like to start by picking apart the words this is a perfect yeah Yeah. so how do you know when respect is not there yeah it's an interesting thing isn't it i think we do know i think we know by words actions body language all of those signals and signs will be there that will tell us we'll often know in our gut Mm. or our um instinct intuition Mm. we'll have those those kind of little messages that are coming up for us but we'll often also choose to ignore all of that Mm. so we'll ignore all of the signs and we'll kind of we'll just leave it be because actually it's better to keep the peace and to not say anything and to Mm always been this way so why would I want to change it now we get kind of lots of those messages that come up well you know maybe I see that in my family background and that's just the way that people talk to each other or with the way that people act Mm. therefore it's acceptable so there's all kind of messages around the outside that tell us it's okay and we shouldn't really worry about it Mm. but inside deep down we know it's not something that makes us happy Mm. when the respect isn't there yeah right I'm thinking about um so here's the thing. I think there's two things is I have felt disrespected. Um, mm. but oftentimes the disrespect has come from me not asking for what I want and not setting mm-hmm. my boundaries. And so I'm kind of trying to think back in my Rolodex, my history of times where I think more often than not, the disrespect has been because I haven't stood up for what I need and want. Yeah. But then are there times where I truly felt like absolutely just like it, like it was just, I'm thinking back when it was, that f- I'm trying to sit into that feeling of being disrespected and I'm what I'm remembering is this horrible f- like I'm just these these horrible feelings are coming up like it's a really awful awful mm. feeling and you feel like this sinking feeling in your gut whenever you think yeah. about it it's a horrible feeling to to not be respected by somebody who like an intimate partner mm. for whom you have given some you have given some trust and commitment and you have opened yourself up and you're 
and you just feel like you're not being cared for. Yeah. And it just, it's the most awful feeling. Well, there's a real dent to self-worth, isn't there? And, yeah. and, I, and I think you're right, there are two parts to it. One is actually, do you respect yourself enough to yeah. command respect from other people? So that's the first standing position. And we, we always look outward, very rarely look inward to say, what is it that I'm doing? What part am I playing in this? Because we find it very difficult to tap into who we are in, internally and, and within us. And it's a lot easier to acknowledge what's going on externally because we can see it in front of us. It's mm-hmm. kind of plain, plain sight. Whereas the a lot of the stuff that happens internally, it's happening not not in the conscious mind. It's happening in the subconscious mind. So we're not we're not always really clear about what's happening. We filter out lots of stuff. So we'll filter out some of the the kind of thoughts and messages, and therefore we're not recognizing them as something that we're doing and we're responsible for. Mm-hmm. But you can recognize the stuff that you see in front of you. And again, we'll still filter all of that. Mm. But you're not recognize, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to recognize what's going on externally, isn't it? Mm. So, so there is two parts to it. There is that bit, which is, okay, what's the part I'm playing? But then outside of that, actually, is what is what is happening externally through other people? Is it right? Is it proper? Mm. That's always the question to kind of challenge some of the thinking. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're very good at that. No. Oh my gosh, I don't know why this has me in a tizzy because like, um, I I just, I remember times when I felt disrespected and man, did I throw myself under the bus? Like it was just, Mm. you know, when you lose yourself and you go down, you you go, you fall so far away. Uh, it's just such a betrayal of yourself. So I'm really caught up in the feelings, Mm. but, um, yeah, yeah. So I wonder, you know, so as you're starting to like, so you come up with a statement, like, how do I get more respect Mm-hmm. out of my relationship, how to get the respect that I deserve when it's in my relationship when it's not there. So after you've sort of, you're done, uh, you've peeled yourself off the floor to realize like, <laughs> holy shit, as so many of us has done. And I've, I've had my like rock bottom moments where I'm like, oh my God, I, oh, have, yeah. I have so let shit go. We all so have, far. you know, you, you look back and, yeah. and I think part of this is about your own growth and development and, mm-hmm. You know, with age comes more wisdom and more experience. Um, also, a few other things. <laughs> but, you know, like with that, you, you know, you start, there's a bit more of a level of maturity. There's a bit more confidence, I think, that comes with it all, which means you're in a much stronger position to start to challenge things. And I look back on things that have happened and I, I cringe at myself that I put up with some of the things that I put up with. But it's only by going through those experiences that we can become you know, stronger, more um, independent, more well-rounded human beings that kind of have really healthy, safe boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. But, you know, we've all been on the on the shitty ride, <laughs> got off and didn't like it, you know, and then and then more often than not went back on again. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 totally. And oh. still didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, so imagine that, okay, so what I'm assuming I'm reading in the lines here is getting the respect that you deserve in a relationship when it's not there. So I'm assuming that this is not a dump and go relationship. I'm assuming that it's not like, you know, get the fuck out of here, buddy. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming that this is a situation where you're invested. You actually see potential in your relationship. You see that you're with a good person. Yeah. It's just that you have to make some adjustments and you realize like, as my lovely friend says, the call is coming from inside the house. Um, <laughs> so it like, it, 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 it has to come from something where you're starting to show up differently so as you start to shift into action, like what are kind of your first steps? What are your first yeah. moves? 
So I, I think the first thing is is really recognizing, acknowledging what's going on, um, finding the confirmation within yourself, and and viewing kind of what's happening externally. Really challenging some of that. Like, actually, is what happen is what is happening right and proper? Is is this the way I want to be treated? Is this how I want to live my life? So they're the first questions that I would be asking is, is you know, is this where I want to be? Um, does this make sense? Does this align with me? Does it sit well with me? Mm. Assuming the answer is no, because otherwise, you know, that's mm. not in, in line with the hot topic. <laughs> but, you know, assuming that's not where you want to be, start to think about kind of what would, um, you know, what, what would be a real positive outcome? Um, what am I kind of what am I then prepared to accept? Because we can't always get everything that we want, right? Um, whilst my partner jokes that I'm a princess, I'm not, and I can't have what I want, unfortunately. But there's always a Sarah exception, though. Remember that my so. name does mean princess, so <gasps> I'm still I'm oh, still sticking with that. Yeah. So, but you know, let's start with kind of what would kind of point A be? What would that look like if I was going to have mm. everything the way that I wanted it to, and I felt truly respected in my relationship? And had that that self worth that comes along along with it. So what what would that look like? And and I think some of the critical parts here are what would what would my partner be doing, but also what would I be doing? So as we start to kind of challenge who we are and how we're behaving, what would my actions be? What would my partner's actions be? Mm. And then maybe kind of drop it down a bit and say, well, okay, if that if that isn't possible, what would it look like if I kind of didn't quite have everything? And then I would drop it down again to say what would be the bare minimum that I would expect oh. to happen for me to be at least mm. have some, some sort of happiness, a level of happiness. So, mm. you know, it might not be fulfilling everything that I want, but, you know, think about it maybe in those three levels. You know, if you remember back in our training, Anna, where we did that kind of ABC model, it, yeah. it's that type of thinking kind of like, you know, what if I'm shooting for the moon, what does that look like? Mm. If I'm, you know, if I'm kind of missing, but I'm still, you know, I've still got a prize, where am I? And what does it look like in the middle? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, so that that's where I would start. And then we kind of understand what are the things that are that I'm that I'm able to tolerate and I'm happy with. And what are the things that are just totally yeah. kind of off beam? And there's no way, man, I'm just not taking that from you. Like, yeah. what what are what are those situations? What do they look like? Mm -hmm. Because then we've started to create some sort of boundary. And, and we've talked about boundaries before, and they're not they're not fixed, that they're, they're movable. And it might be one day, do you know what you accept? you'll only ever accept position a it might uh, be another day where you say do you know what today i kind of get it let's just aim for c mm -hmm. so we've got some sort of flexible boundary but we've still got a boundary in place and then we yeah. need to start to establish that boundary with others we need to communicate that we want to change as, as people we want to start to respect ourselves more and we want to be able to get that respect from other people as well mm -hmm. and I really want you to help me with this mm. and in order for you to help me this is what I would like you to do and this is what I'm going to do mm. and you start to make a bit of a contract then between you about and you also create some personal accountability for yourself because we know that's yeah. super important if we're going to try and yeah. make behavioral changes that mm -hmm. we've got some accountability so you start to get kind of a real strong partnership approach to solving a, a problem or a challenge and you know as we talked about last week if we don't communicate what is upsetting us or or what we want or ask for what we need the other person doesn't know so mm -hmm. if I've always talked to you in a slightly derogatory way and you always accept it 
I'm not going to know that there's anything wrong with that. I probably just think that's banter. Mm. And it's kind of, that's how we are. That's kind of, you know, how the relationship rules. But if you turn around and say to me, actually, when you say that to me, I find it really upsetting. Mm. I prefer if you didn't do that in future. That's Mm. a clear message, a clear instruction that I don't feel like you're respecting me and therefore I want things to change. Mm. Nice. Okay. Nice. Chill us stand down from the soapbox. I love this. I love this. No, I'm just like listening <laughs> like, with This is why you need rapture. to do people. Yeah. 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 And I think so. So there's another. So you know how we've talked about boundaries and how sometimes they change. Mm. So so in this sort of person who I'm going to be exploring a lot more, this sex, sex educator, Midori, um, it's boundaries with context. And I, I love mm. that. It's to say that, yes, this is my boundary in this context. But I get to change that boundary in another. Con- it, it can be context specific because yeah. a lot of the time we f- we don't want to come across as fickle in our boundaries, and we don't feel yeah. like we can enforce something if one thing is true for us today, but it's actually not true for us tomorrow. Mm. But that's okay because there's context, and so um, and and so but long as there's you're- context, but with that though, there needs to be some real clear communication yes. because yes. otherwise the other party then is just super confused. Oh. Say, were you okay with this yesterday or not today? Like, what's the crack? Oh, yeah. So, no, no, read my mind game. Yeah. No, no, what am I thinking game? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the changing boundaries shouldn't be something that somebody, sh- somebody, um, knows after the fact, which is what, and I always, yeah. I, I accept some things without any problem, but then other mm. days I'm like, nope. And then I fire off at my dude and he's like, why mm. are you, I've been doing this the whole while. Oh, but today, you know, or yeah. it's yeah, been, yeah. it's been bad 70% of the time, but 30% of the time it's okay. But the cumulative mass of that, the camel, mm. the straw, the breaking the yeah. back. And now I'm so pissed at you and I won't speak to you for two weeks. So like that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. the, with huge communication around it. Yeah. I mean, a great example of this, I think, when you think about sort of bantering and stuff like that, it might be that, you know, when you're at home in your own house and you're having conversations or you're sharing things, actually, there's a kind of, there's a low level of tolerance. And actually, I want to be spoken to like I'm a nice human being. I want to speak to you like you're a nice human being. And we're not going to talk to each other in a disrespectful way. Now, that might slightly change. Say, I don't know, you go to friends for dinner and there's, and it's that type of crowd where there's always a bit of banter that you might then as a person say, do you know what? I get it. We're in a, we're in certain company and that's the way that people are. So we might kind of, you know, jibe at each other a little bit more than we would normally. But we know deep down, like we're recognizing we're emotionally intelligent enough to be aware of where the limit is. And so that boundary then has moved because it's different when you're at home. And therefore, I've maybe I've lessened it a little bit because I'm just kind of accepting that that's the company that we're in. But it's always about knowing what the limits are. Oh, my gosh. So uh, it's funny because I've learned that in a in a big way because I'm like, ah, you know, I have a high tolerance to be made fun of. I should mm. examine that at some point. But like, that's something that <laughs> like to be able to seek sort of common ground with folks, even from yeah. when I was a kid, I would just let them make fun of me. It was sort of like a way that I was accepted. Mm. Definitely yeah. have to look at that someday. But uh, <laughs> shall we have a chat after? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I actually have a high threshold to be made fun of. Um, mm. And it doesn't bother me. And I find it affectionate. My partner, though, and it's taken a long time, still learning. Wow, major <laughs> missteps. Not at all yeah. cool. For, like, not at all cool. And there's a lot of stuff that even nicknames. I'm all about nicknames. Mm. I call nicknames. And he's great in p- private. But, like, in public, 
Mm. No effing way. Like, yeah. and I have consistently trampled over his boundaries because I sort of treat him with the same familiarity when we're in public as when we're yeah. in private. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Like what harm? Like what harm? Um, in retrospect, I realized that, yeah. Like, and so, <laughs> so just because you're cool with something doesn't mean that the other person is, and it can just be yeah. just torturing them and hurting them. Right. Like, yeah. It's crazy how we can hurt people and not realize. And not intentionally, right? So we don't, yeah. you know, very few people go out into the world to intentionally, you know, fuck up somebody else's life. <laughs> but accidentally, we do it all of the yes. time. All the time, yeah. <laughs> because we're just not, we're not aware enough, we're not tuned in enough to other people's uh, needs, we're not, you know, the emotional intelligence levels need to rise in order to kind of, to spot things, to witness things. Because if we tune in more to those those sorts of skills, the reality is we'll see it playing out in front and we'll know where the flick switch is, where actually we've gone too far. And if we can pay attention to some of those more subtle signs, we're actually able to pull back really quickly from those situations and not get to conflict point. Yeah, I, and, and a big, I give people a lot of grace because like, again, I, like I say, like it's like trying to see the color red when you don't have, you know, cone receptors in your retina to be able to see red and you kind of have to learn how to detect it while not being able to see it oh absolutely yeah, yeah. oh i'm not saying any of this is easy <laughs> <laughs> if it was easy we'd be fully evolved and uh, aware of what say. we're doing by now yeah. and wouldn't have a divorce rate that's at 50 percent. so <laughs> and and furthermore if it were easy i probably wouldn't be here as a coach well yeah the quite. only reason why i'm here is because <laughs> i recognize both. how fucking hard it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly totally. Oh, mm. man. And it's one thing knowing all of this and having the information. It's another thing applying it when oh. you're in varying situations that change within kind of, you know, minutes and and hours of each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that helps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody's feeling disrespected in their relationship, start off 2022 with some subtle changes. Just start with subtle things to begin with. And yeah. uh and take it from there. Small things add up to big things. Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. Right. Excellent. All right. Would you like a question? Yes, please. Okay. Today's question. I want to become exclusive with a girl I'm dating. How do I approach this? When is the right time? All right. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So this, this might be, and you highlighted this for me, this might be something that requires sort of definition and some cultural exchange across the pond because there may yes. be some differences. So um, tell me about, and I can sort of pass in with the North American context. Tell me about like, what is the dating exclusive? Like, what is that jam over the pond so I think it's totally different on both sides of the pond um and so you know on my side it's if you start going out with somebody you start dating them you wouldn't be dating somebody else at the same time but my understanding is that when you're on the other side of the pond you can still it's it's culturally acceptable to be dating more than one person um I've heard you know, watched programs where people are going on three dates in a day. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know how you've got the energy for that, but fair play to you for giving it a go. 
and they'll have you know up to kind of 10 dates a week and not this is not an, a, an issue or a challenge and they may still see people on multiple occasions so it's a bit I suppose like you know you're trying a lot of sweets out in the sweet shop before you decide which one you want to put in your pick and mix yeah <laughs> now <laughs> That is totally different from my dating experiences where really you'd be seeing a person, you'd see them a few times, you'd then make some decisions about whether, you know, you want to carry on seeing each other. At some point, you'd probably have a discussion about kind of, you know, are we boyfriend and girlfriend or maybe wouldn't you just let it kind of slide and because that's always the kind of awkward thing as well. Um, And you would just kind of, the relationship would just naturally evolve. That's kind of what would happen. But my understanding is that on the other side it is kind of you do actually say look are we going to be exclusive and you make kind of a declaration then it's not a commitment you're not marrying them but you're saying actually well we just won't see anybody else so it's it's a real different approach to dating I think you know it's funny though my experience was more like the serial monogamy sort of one by one thing and maybe it's my age maybe it was pre-tinder but like Hmm. Uh, you know, I think that there are some people who are like having a wicked time dating, but it's not mm. okay. Tinder and the apps have definitely made this where there's a lot of pick and mix going on, which is actually really cool. It's, it's cool. Cause when I'm coaching folks who are dating, I'm like, shit, this is so awesome. Like I was never part of this like bulk barn. Um, I didn't have this experience yet. Cause what mine was like, you hook up with somebody at the bar and you go home and you have a one night stand and the one night <laughs> stand turns into more like hanging out, never any real, like take me out for dinner dates. Um, and then you never really talk about it, but you just kind of start to, you just kind of become a thing, become a thing. Yeah. And then, and, and you slide into each stage without really talking about it. So yeah. that, to be honest, that's, that's my which sounds completely unhealthy. <laughs> it, it, it totally is. And so I love this whole, like, uh, to be honest, and I don't know if it's, a, I, I actually think it's an app thing. I don't think, I think there's a lot of shit that's been sort of, I think America has really branded itself as like the land of the free and the like this, the speakeasy and la la la. I, I call bullshit on all that. I think there's some sort of like reality TV show of like, oh, everything's cool. But no, mm. there's human beings at the end of this right so there's gonna be jealousy there's gonna be uh you know oh wholeheartedly I'm not saying that kind of either either approach is better or worse but I think you know having this this kind of open dating scenario does mean that there's a lot more likelihood of that emotional turmoil that goes with it yeah yeah I I don't know if there's a lot of people who are doing the whole like so and certainly not ethically yeah I think, I think it's a real thing. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. No, What I'm saying is, is like, it certainly is a thing, but I don't think it's a thing that is different across the pond. I, I, I'm sure in the UK with the apps, like it's just all over becoming more of a thing. And, and I think those people who've dated a lot and there's people who haven't dated a lot and they've just kind of slipped into their relationships. So I think, Mm. and maybe it's context specific, Uh, you know, a lot of people hook up in college or whatever, or like in the workplace or whatever, where they just kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's like a cultural phenomenon in terms of like the whole dating, man, I wish I dated more. I really did. Like, I wish I, (laughs) you know, did the whole like, just, and just, you know, because a lot of us have fallen into relationships and we haven't been like taken out and, you know, pursued and had the fancy dinners and had somebody pick us up. Like, most of us 
But you can have all of that in a relationship too. Yes, true, 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 true. Yeah. <laughs> Just with the same person, not multiple different people. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, depend on your relationship. Yeah. Rules. <laughs> and some people like pull off polyamory really well and that is their yeah. jam. And yeah. yeah. So, okay, so this is a person who's who's questioning us about like, how do I seek exclusivity with this one person who I really dig? Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. So in this is all about having the courage of your convictions, I think, mm. and being prepared for whatever the outcome might be. Mm. So first of all, I'm going to say yes. And so I'd first say, so what does exclusive mean to you? Mm. Does exclusive mean you're not going to date other people? Does exclusive mean that you're not going to have sex with other people? Does exclusive mean that you're going to spend a certain amount of time together, that there's going to be terminology used? Mm. Like, what does exclusive mean? I think that's the, you know, exclusivity for me means X, Y, and Z. And and you're right. And then sort of step in the, into the conviction behind the courage behind your conviction and say, yeah, this is what exclusive means to me. I'm pretty awesome. This is what a relationship with me would look like. What do you think? Yeah. Pitch your proposal. Yeah. It's your um, five, five minute elevator pitch. Well, and, and <laughs> the other thing too, like it's so, so, for so many things in life where we propose, like you imagine this person who's questioning, they're starting off on a really shy, like they're, oh, I kind of want to make it exclusive, but I'm scared. It's almost like they're wanting to propose a shitty deal to somebody like, you know, uh, you know, would you like to live in a shitty basement apartment? Uh, you know, and how can I sort of convince you? No, man. Do you want to live like in a penthouse suite on Fifth Avenue, like in New York City? Like, well, it's like going for a job interview, isn't it? So we always say, like, I always say, um, I do sometimes work with clients that are, um, looking for career changes and things like that. And I always say it's a two-way conversation. This isn't about, um, you know, just about, do you want the job? About, do they want to employ you? It's about, do you want the job as well? Mm -hmm. It's a two-way conversation. So, and I guess this is this is quite similar, isn't it? So it's saying, look, this is what I've got to offer. Uh-huh. Is that something you're interested in? What do you have to offer? Uh-huh. You know, are you interested in that too? Yeah. And it's finding out a bit more about each other. And and I would hope by kind of this stage, I mean, don't know how long it is, because the, the second part of the question is, what when's the right time? And I think that when the right time is when is when it feels right for you. There's no, I don't think there's a golden rule. We could sit there and read a rule book that says it's no. six months or it's three, three months or whatever. But you know what? I, I kind of am less, um, you know, less subscribed to that sort of methodology. I think is about, you know, what, what time feels right for you. And mm-hmm. I don't know, let's imagine they've been together for six months. I would hope they've had some sort of conversations about kind of what, you know, not necessarily, you know, what's my five year plan, Mm -hmm. but, you know, what is it that you're looking for? You'd hope at that point, I'm aware of whether they want just kind of a casual thing, some companionship or whether they're interested in a, you know, a more kind of serious formal relationship. So you kind of hope that you'd, you'd know that and it's then kind of having that conversation. Look, you know, you um, you said you were interested in having a, you know, a, a relationship that's a bit more formal. Like, is that, are you, are you there? Is that kind of how you want to go? This is what I imagine things to be. Like, how do you imagine it to be? And then, it, you know, it is just that, that question. So, yeah. sh- you know, shall we do it? Yeah. And so imagine that you're in the stepping into the courage of your conviction and you're preparing for that could be a yes, that could be a no. Yeah. When you put something out into words. And 
Yeah, and I think that's the second part of it. Really be prepared for whatever the outcome may be and trust that that's going to be the right outcome because, I mean, you don't want to chase somebody or be with somebody who isn't, who doesn't want to be with you, right? Like, who who wants that? Because um, that's not, it's not healthy existence. It doesn't help with your own respect for yourself. It doesn't help with your own self-esteem. Right. So be prepared, you know, if the, if the answer is no, that's not what I want that's okay right it's not a it's not a personal rejection it's just that maybe the timing's not right maybe um that's not what they're looking for Mm -hmm. and that's information so that's information that you then get to know that you didn't know Mm. 20 minutes before you start the conversation and the next step is then what do I want to do with that information ah you know, do I want to carry on with the kind of friends with benefits and see who else comes along? Do I want to say, actually, no, my boundaries mean that that that's not what I want. So therefore, I'd rather that we weren't together. You know, wh- where do you stand on that? What's your positioning? And, and any answer is is okay. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, as I'm imagining somebody sort of saying these words, I'm like, this is really hot. Like this, mm. this to hear this from somebody who knows what they want and in the yeah. face of no, I don't want to be exclusive, but I'm cool with what we've got right now. Why don't we? Have, why? Why do we have to shake the boat? Is for somebody to come back to say thank you, but no thanks. Is yeah. is for me where we are at right now? I need exclu- I want exclusivity. I yeah. want us to sort of move to the next level. <gasps> Ooh, that is sexy. Yeah. Boundaries yeah. are sexy. <laughs> yeah yeah so there's something that i've heard um from a client regarding a trend which has come from a lot of these dating sites for men which is uh a lot of these like how to like lock that girl down or how to make any girl like all this toxic shit and Mm. negging is coming up as one of the things which is like which is just throw out negativity to women and cut them down and cut them down and erode their self-esteem to finally like start like put them down put them down ignore them yeah yeah it's to start to trigger some of our negative self-esteem messages as women and that will you know because a lot of us women actually respond to poor treatment because of our past history and trauma Mm. history so a lot of like kind of like these weird i don't know incel crappy So, so what it's like some sort of manipulation like tactic yeah the way to get the girl is to and i'm talking about heterosexual sort of like prospecting like a male sort of trying to get that girl or whatever Mm. you know break her down don't call her you know send her a message and then ghost her oh so treat i mean keep them keen yes right yes so there's coaches out there telling men to do this and what (laughs) yes and women are noticing this because it because they show up on these apps and they treat that and they, they 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 exhibit this behavior Mm. Um, and, and the women who are more in the know, they can sense that this is going on. So just if there are any men out there listening, like don't fucking use negging because like the thing is like you can, you can trap somebody for a while. Same as like without, without having a conversation like this, you can trap somebody for a while. You can ride this train for a certain Mm. time, but eventually, so, you know, having a conversation to say, to put it out in the open, your, your intentions. Sure. If it was never meant to be, that train ride will probably end a little sooner than it had been yeah. if you just used manipulation to try to have somebody to be with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's horrifying and frightening all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and if that's you as a person and you want to, to pursue that, I'd ask you to question your own morality and, yeah. um, and the person that you want to be. So in, you know, 25 years when your kids are growing up, do you want them to recognize you as that role model? 
I don't think you're going to get to 25 years with this partner. <laughs> There's no way. No, but you might still have the kids in between time. Yeah. And you want them yeah. to know that that's how it all started. I don't think you do. That's not the fairy tale. <laughs> uh, no, totally. To- that is not the fairy tale. Yeah, like every person who has been manipulated into being with somebody is going to eventually wake up and they are mm. going to leave. Yeah. Uh, unless you do a course correction midway and you sort of say, mm. oh, I do need to bring something better to the table. But like, yeah. Yeah, the sooner that you put you you be honest and confident, yeah, yeah step into the yeah. Yeah. courage of your convictions. And you know, just really ask yourself, am I proud of the person that I'm that I'm becoming? If you're perceiving things that are of such a negative nature, am I proud of this? Am I proud of the direction that my life's going in? Would be my question. Yeah. And you know, if you are then Yeah. You know, well, on your goal. <laughs> I mean, so as much as, as your insight, like if you're not very insightful, then that is what mm. it is. But if you start to have a glimmer of insight. Yeah. yeah. I think, so the biggest thing that you're going to probably face if you are taking the brave move to say, hey, look, here are my intentions. This is what I propose. What do you think? You're probably in this sort of climate of where communication is a rare thing. You might mm. find a, a vague answer coming back. So imagine you get neither a yes or a no, but a, well, let's just see. So... So how would you proceed if you got like a, meh, I don't know. Do we have well, to talk about this? Why don't we just take it by yeah. the flow? Well, again, you know, you've got a couple of options, haven't you? You can say, um, well, actually, yeah, we do. Because I'm kind of, I, I feel like I need to know for certain. Um, you could say, I understand that it's it's a change in direction from where we have been. Mm. And you'll need some time to process that. Mm. But let's pick it up again in a few weeks oh. and see where your mind's at. That then kind of leaves a holding pattern because it is quite natural for people to go, no, well, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm, I'm just happy with they are. Let's not label it. Let's see yeah. how things go. Da, da, da. Yeah. And that's because, you know, a lot of us... Um, with any sort of um, avoidance attachment styles and things like that would be running a mile at that stage because we see that as commitment or you know maybe we've just come out of a relationship and and actually all we wanted was something that was carefree Mm. um but it's it's having that real clarity and honesty with each other Mm. so you've got transparency in the relationship I know you know I know what I'm buying I'm not I'm not kind of getting a box off the shelf and I've no idea what's inside of it Mm. yeah that's so true I like that to say, take the time you need, but we're going to pick this up in X amount of weeks and stick to it. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I I would say, you know, you don't have to stay in the vague zone, in the undefined zone. Like you can actually call that and be like, look, I know it feels great, but I, you know, the other thing too is like stepping in with some vulnerability to say, I feel my feelings are growing. Like at this stage with where we've been, if we take more steps, my feelings are just going to keep growing. So I want to... You know. I want to know where I'm at. Yeah. I think there's also on the flip side of that then is the is the other side of it is to ask that question and be curious. Why is it that you're comfortable with where we're at? What is it that would stop you from moving to something more? Oh. And and really understand that because it may be that, you know, maybe they just do, do need some more time. Maybe they've been hurt in the past and therefore they're treading with, with you know, some caution. And if that's the case, then be aware of that and support each other in that um, if, you, if you believe the relationship is worth it. Yeah. Well, and I work with a lot of folks um, who who are trying to step out of their own way in terms of being attracted to people who actually treat them well, because they're stuck mm. in this pattern of, of really feeling hot and excited about men who treat them poorly. And I'm saying men, but um, people who treat them poorly, um, 
so so even so imagine that you offer somebody you cut through the vague shit and you're like look you know why is it that you're comfortable and what what would make you uncomfortable with us with me being quite clear about my intentions to treat you well and to treat you and to make this Mm. formalized what of this feels uncomfortable or un uh, uh foreign yeah, because there may be somebody that you have again avoidant attachment styles mm. where it's kind of a men. Maybe they were working with a coach and it's like, oh crap, is this is this my opportunity of somebody who's actually offering me the opportunity for a relationship where I'm treated well? Yeah, maybe this is a but, yeah yeah. But that also opens that door, doesn't it, to a safe conversation? So it starts to if you can make somebody feel safe and secure enough to start opening up to those vulnerabilities, then that that actually puts you in such a great position for a you know a long-term stable future relationship with this person because that's one of the biggest chances I guess you can offer your partner is to make them feel safe enough to to kind of bear all um and to say the things that they've maybe not felt like they could say to to other people yeah that's so true funny hey I feel excited for this person I know and it's funny (laughs) it it. it all starts with I want to become exclusive cool There's lots go of cool stuff in the store. Yeah. 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 Go for it. Absolutely. 2022, it's the year. <laughs> it's the year. Ah, nice. I'm feeling very excited for this person. Yeah, me too. You always love a bit of love blossoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we're approaching divorce day. <laughs> can't get that can't unsee that I can't I can't I can't get unexcited about that I'm excited by love blossoming I'm I'm also excited about people seeking their um uh emancipation yeah (laughs) both things excite me yeah it's all it's all about knowing what you want and having the courage to go and get it yeah nice Mm -hmm. all right all right well we did it we're yeah. well and truly into 2022 <laughs> we totally are <laughs> we're two podcasts in we're killing it right now <laughs> yeah oh, nice all right well hope the rest of january um you know hope you get to see some of that piercing blue sky i'm not sure let me know if there's any blue sky in jersey I, in there's january. supposed to be some by the end of the week so uh, i'll um i'll send you a photograph oh uh, very good okay sounds <laughs> it does exist yeah right in. <laughs> nice all right cool uh, all right well till next time ah uh, so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.